One of my earliest memories in life is of going to a cemetery. It was for the burial of my great aunt. And I was a pretty little boy because my primary memory of our family standing around the grave is all those grown-ups' legs. You know what I'm talking about? And I have other memories of times in our family when death was near. And it struck me how things tended to shift when death came. There was sadness, of course, and there was also a sense of reverence. And there was something else. There was this warmer human connection, reminded of what really mattered. It seems we drew closer to one another. We let down our guard a bit. And I feel these things still when I gather with a family to bury a loved one, that this is serious and important that we treat the dead and those who are grieving with reverence and care, and that it, it is also natural and good and heartwarming to do this, that this is what we humans do when someone we love dies. We gather together, we feel those feelings, we remember and give thanks for the life that has ended, and we often return that body to the earth. Being with people at the time of death and conducting funerals and memorial services, these are, for me, some of the most meaningful and moving parts of ministry. And, you know, over these past 20 months, you haven't always been able to be with those you love when they were ill or dying. And services which many of us used to take for granted, that we could just gather in public with other people and hug one another and do all those good and comforting things, Lots of services just weren't able to happen, and others had to happen over Zoom. And I wonder how much grief and how much mourning has had to have been delayed or done in some unusual way. And as Tori invited you earlier, but I want to echo this, if there were services that you missed or opportunities to mourn that you didn't get, at least not in the usual way, that you couldn't be part of for one reason or another, I hope that this morning's service might hold open a space for you where you can do some of that good work. To remember those you love who have died and to touch that sweet and sad and good place of mourning those you have lost. 
And you might be thinking, if I start counting what has been lost and the things that I could be sad about or the things that I have to mourn, where will I ever stop? Sometimes I have that fear that uncorking my own emotions and losses, especially the more shadowy ones, could lead to being overwhelmed by them. But generally, that's not how it works. The UU minister, Kate Braystrup, who's chaplain to the main warden service, a big part of her job is ministering to people whose loved ones the wardens are searching for. Someone who gets lost in the woods or falls through the ice. And unfortunately, a lot of times, Kate is the one who has to deliver the heartbreaking news that someone's loved one has died. It's part of her job to give these death notices to next of kin. And she says that so often when she has to share this shattering news, that people end up on the ground or on the floor. And she says she learned that part of her job is to anticipate this and help them get safely to the ground or to the floor so they don't get hurt in the process. And then to be with them down there. But Kate says, people do not stay down there forever. That the crying and the wailing and the how did this happen after a number of minutes, that usually comes to an end, and after some time there on the ground or on the floor, people do get up. We do get up. And of course, this doesn't mean that the grief and the mourning is over. No, it's actually just starting, right? And it is such good and hard and holy work to feel the pain and to move with it and through it. And it takes time. It takes time. And I am ever grateful for faith communities like this one that hold open a space where people can grieve and find support and care where there are rituals and companions and practices for mourning those we have loved and lost, where we are reminded that we are mortal too. To live in this world, Mary Oliver reminds us, you have to be able to do three things. To love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it. And then, when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. Easier said than done, right? I don't think Mary Oliver was saying that letting go is a quick or simple or easy process. It can and should take time, 
sometimes a long time, during which time we acknowledge the reality of what we've lost, that a death has happened, that our life has been forever changed, and that we're just starting to learn into this ragged opening of this new reality. In a memorial service, there's a part near the end called the commendation. It's an intentional acknowledgement that death is real and final, that a beloved person is now gone from us, gone from our sight, as a poem puts it, and that we have to let them go. I do believe that we can still be connected to those who have died, that they are not completely lost to us, but there is a finality to death that does need to be addressed. And the commendation does that. And I'm gonna share with you the words I typically use in a service, but I'm not gonna say anyone's name where we normally say a name, and if you wish, I hope you will just say as softly or loudly as you wish, as someone who you need to commend to our hearts remembering and to God and to that spirit. It comes after our beloved, and I'll pause and you can say a name if you want to add one or more names. And so now we must give back to that mystery, back to God, our beloved. To our hearts remembering and to God do we commend their spirit in the sure and certain hope that beyond what separates us from those who have died, there is a unity that makes us one and binds us forever together. It is such a big letting go, giving back someone that you have loved, someone your own life depended on. It is as big as anything we ever get asked to do in this life, right? Some of you know this better than I do. I think of a scene from the movie Out of Africa, when at the end, Meryl Streep is burying her beloved Dennis, and at the grave she says this, now take back the soul of Dennis George Finch Hatton, whom you have shared with us. He brought us joy, and we loved him well. He was not ours. He was not mine. To live in this world, you must be able to do three things. To love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it. And then when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. The thing is, letting go is not detachment. It is not ceasing our mourning, our tears, our railing, 
against the pain and loss and unfairness of it all. No, if that were as if that was even possible. And letting go is certainly not giving up caring. It is simply acknowledging what is real, giving heart and voice to that truth that one you love has died and is gone. There's a song that's been winding its way through my heart and head lately by James Taylor called Shower the People. These are the lines. Shower the people you love with love. Show them the way that you feel. Things are going to be much better if you only will. Some of us might be reluctant to show our more shadowy emotions. There is this kind of New England, keep your chin up, stiff upper lip kind of thing, right? Maybe we don't want to make others uncomfortable or ask for too much. Maybe we don't want to make ourselves appear vulnerable or needy. I've certainly done this myself, held my feelings inside. And there is such a thing as having some boundaries and finding the right time and place to share our deeper emotions. But holding everything in, my friends, that is not a good strategy for living. We need to show people the way that we feel. And things are going to be much better if we only will. The good news is this, that loving as fully as we can while we can and then mourning as fully as we can when that hard time comes, this creates in us a kind of strength and courage and open-heartedness that we need for the living of these days and these lives. The hard fact is that a broken heart is more open, is more able to hold compassion for others who are suffering, is more able to apprehend and appreciate beauty and eventually to experience joy again. How rich and vulnerable it is to be brokenhearted. It's not easy, but what's the alternative? This very human act of loving and letting go, which we are required to do in big and in small ways over and over again, it's hard and it can hurt and still it's good for us. It cultivates in us presence and grace and gratitude for these moments and these lives that we've been given and for these companions. And practicing loving and letting go will also help prepare us for our own dying. It is our universalist faith that we are all part of a great 
and abiding love that will never let anyone go. And we are invited to have faith in that love, to trust that death is not to be feared and is not the end of the story. The mystic Meister Eckhart put it this way, God is at home, he said, we are in the far country. Those who have died, they are at home. That that great cloud of witnesses, they are part of the spirit world now. That one day we will be part of too. It's good, isn't it? It's as it should be. And so we lift up our hearts and we sing while we are here for all the saints who from their labors rest. Alleluia, alleluia, and amen. Amen. Thank you.